Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, it's Murph here. Uh, no stocks on this one. Stocks is going to be assisting on the Takeover podcast, or by the time this comes out, you would have actually already heard him on the Takeover podcast. Uh, so a little bit of a crossover. We're kind of spreading our work this week, um, but. Never fear, you've already had me alone for one podcast this week. I wouldn't do that to you twice. So I've roped in a guest. Uh, today's guest is a contributor to RotoExperts.com, uh, Sports Grind, and also is the host of his very own excellent Takecast podcast. It's Davis Matic. Davis, welcome to Five Yard Rush. How are you doing? Hey, man. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. Very, very excited to do this. No, it's, it's great to have you on. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for, for quite a while. Um, I was trying to think how back. It's been well over a year um since uh, i've been listening uh, i think the first ones i was listening to was you did a deep dive on the air raid offense and then you had the guys on who wrote the club um oh yeah yeah john robinson and john clegg which is brilliant and that book is is absolutely superb it's very um, good yeah yeah it's super and then you've had uh, uh michael cox on who's one of my favorite uh, authors and tacticians you had him on fairly recently as well so you, you kind of talk about it, uh, everything. So why don't you talk about your podcast? Because I, I absolutely love it. I'm, uh, you know, listen to it every every episode that comes out. But to give the listeners a bit of a deep dive as to what it is, because I think you explain it a lot better than me. Yeah. So I mean, the idea was 
I started this podcast. It's called the Take Cast. I started it um, back when I was not working in strict fantasy sports. So like I, I had a I had a job with a, a data company, um, and I, I just missed talking about sports. I missed doing podcasts. So I kind of started an independent podcast where I could just talk about whatever I wanted. If I wanted to have Michael Cox on for a week and talk about soccer, I could. Or if we wanted to talk about the air raid, we could talk about the air raid or, uh, you know, if it just, if anything I wanted to talk about, I could just do that episode and there wouldn't be anything that would stop me. And, um, that podcast now is under the sports grid fantasy, uh, like podcast network, um, which you can find also, I do a, a daily fantasy football podcast there as well. Just the sports grid fantasy football podcast. But, uh, if I, if I was to advertise one of the two, it would definitely be the take cast, which I think is, is just excellent. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Cause it's just you you kind of it's not you you get a new episode and you don't know what it's going to be about because one week you'll talk about soccer the next you'll talk about basketball and then you'll have betting in there you've had golf one of your recent episodes was about the simpsons you'll love the simpsons you have one of the writers on the show so i love the fact it's so diverse you just cover everything but you do it in such a sort of a deep dive way that you really sort of get under the skin of, of that topic which i i really love yeah, that's uh, that's great too. I mean, that the the whole idea was I just want to do a podcast about the things that I would want to listen to and that I want to talk about, and I think that uh, I think that people like that. I think people, if you're excited about whatever you're doing, I think that comes off really in the episodes. Yeah, definitely, and you, you do a great job with that. That that's for sure, and that's why I'm excited to have you here and and uh, talk some fantasy football, but talk a, a few other bits as well. So, when you give us a little bit of an intro into how you got into talking about fantasy football and, and sports and podcasts for, for a living, how you managed to, to get into it? So I've played fantasy football more or less like my entire life of uh, just, you know, even being aware of what football was. I think I played in my first league when I was about eight or nine was when I first started. So definitely uh, it's just always been there and I've always played in these leagues. And when I was in, uh, well, I guess what, what you folks would call university, I was in my, my third year of college. And I just was like, you know, there's not really a reason why I shouldn't start my own blog, my own website. You know, I, I'd like to start talking about fantasy football for a living. And uh, that's that's what I decided to do. So I started doing a blog and then I started a podcast with my buddy, Coleman Kelly, who uh, he's been out of the game for a while, but I always do like to give him a shout out. And, you know, I did a lot of free content. I did a lot of uh, lowly paid content. And then we started Rotoviz in, I think, 2013. And that was, uh, you know, that was kind of the beginning of my, uh, my, my foray into like professional fantasy football writing. And then I, I, when I graduated college, I was working for a company called Fantasy Insiders, which was daily fantasy sports. And that company, that was my job for a while. And then that company shut down and I got a job working for a European uh, soccer data company. And then that company went under and... I got a, a job where I am at now with Daily Roto and RotoExperts.com. But really, it's just been what it is, is it's just been a, a lot of grinding and, uh, you know, just a lot of, you know, creating content, writing content, doing podcasts when, uh, you know, it, it wasn't all that fun to do it. Yeah, you. that sounds quite a quite a ride you, you've been through. You kind of, it, it's people like you that paved the way for, for people like myself and stocks and, and just now it's. I wouldn't say it's the norm, but it, it seems to be that podcasts are the way that people are starting to consume at yeah. least preferred information on, on topics. And, um, you know, there's still print media, there's still 
digital media, there's still social media, but it seems to be podcasts just every single month. There seems to be more and more podcasts and you can now start to see these trends in very big, even media personalities, celebrities doing podcasts because they see the financial gains, but actually just a new way of, of reaching listeners. And then you were, it was one of you, you know, it was you out there sort of blazing the trail for all of us. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, podcasts are there. They, I think that podcasts are not even, um, I, I don't think they've reached their height because, you know, if you, if you think about it, podcasts are easier to interact with than, than YouTube, than Disney plus, because you don't have to, you don't have to use your eyes to, to do it. So you can be on your phone, you can be driving, you can be, you know, whatever, uh, you can be in a, like, as the world continues to advance, we're going to, we're going to want our hands free and our eyes free more often where, you know, people just, they want to be able to multitask and you can multitask while you do a podcast. And I think that is a, a big edge in the, in the future of this space. Yeah, I completely agree. It's also incredibly cheap to put content out because with, you know, if you're doing uh, lots of videos and YouTube, you'll start to invest in quite expensive video equipment that will cost significant money. Whereas, you know, podcasts, you can, you can get a decent mic for, I mean, I think the first podcast mic I bought was about 20 pounds or was that 25, mm-hmm. 26 bucks. And yeah, it was decent. It's not as good as, as what I use um, when we're in the studio now, but obviously it, it does help just to get going. And then you can join a free subscription like anchor, um, to get it out there and it's just promotion it's it's time and, and energy not not financial that it goes into and i think that's why people uh start a lot of podcasts but i think as you say it's just it's the way people want to consume it now because you can listen to a podcast and go to the gym you can listen to the podcast and drive you can listen to the podcast i listen to most of mine when i'm commuting um i commute for about three hours a day um, yeah, I mean, I, I am on, I'm pretty much, if I'm not working or, or not like, you know, with, with my girlfriend or with family or friends or whatever, I, I pretty much am probably going to be listening to a podcast. So like commuting, uh, at the gym, you know, walking to the dog, cooking dinner. I, I will just have a podcast on. I, I, at this point, prefer podcasts to listening to music. Yeah, I think I've, I've definitely got more that way in, in all. I do like listening to music, perhaps if I'm, exercising because it gives you that little bit of an extra boost but yeah i think the rest of the time definitely and i definitely like putting it on if i need to write a proposal for work or doing this and that so uh just tune the world out so and yeah definitely um so you have we were talking a little bit before we started uh, a real passion for soccer you, you talked about we've had uh, some some guys on uh you know michael cox and you, you spent you know some of your podcasts talk about football and soccer in a really sort of detailed way talk a little bit about how you got into that and sort of the teams you like and just your experience with it because your experience in the US I'm always fascinated by Americans who who really get into Premier League and European football because it's not very common but it's a trend that I'm seeing trending upwards you see more and more people being aware and actually not just watching it but understanding it yeah so it is like uh, in the United States it is still definitely like a, a very hip thing like a like, you know, the, the, the skinny, the skinny jeans crowd is definitely much more likely to be into soccer than, uh, than, you know, older folks. But I would say the, the way that uh, a lot of people in the United States, and this is uh, about half the story for me, is they, they get into it through playing FIFA. Because while, while soccer itself, you know, the Premier League and other leagues are not, you know, that popular in the United States, FIFA is the top selling video game in the United States. So there are tons of people 
who play FIFA who do not watch soccer, but a lot of the times they get into it that way. So I played FIFA uh, and that was, that was a part of how I found soccer, but also uh, when DraftKings started offering contests for uh, the EPL in, I believe the 2015 season, that was the, the impetus that got me to start watching on the weekends. You know, once I started gambling on it, once I started getting interested in, okay, well, well, what are these, like, what are these fantasy points that I'm accruing? How am I accruing them? How do you predict it? Uh, and then what does it look like when the, the fantasy points are getting scored? Right. And that was a, that was a huge reason why I started to watch the sport. And I think uh, the continued like legalization of gambling in the United States is going to be very good for soccer because soccer is a great game to wager on. It, it is. It's a huge market over here. I mean, really, uh, it's a it's a multi-billion pound business over here. To, to the point now, I almost think it's, it, it's too much. Um, I think people used to enjoy doing, I, I mean, I, I used to bet, you know, reasonably over the years on football accumulators, you'd, you'd pick five or six teams and you'd bet, you know, you, you'd, you know, basically bet on six teams to win and you'd put 20 pounds on and you could win five, 600 back. And my first sort of foray into it was betting on large team accumulators. So you'd be effectively trying to bet on 20 results to you put a pound or two on to try and win a million and then it used to be like a, a little game we used to do in the pub and whoever got the the most right would would win a kitty of like 50 60 pounds and that'd be your beer money for the for the night um but now it's uh, i think my problem with with gambling over here with with it is one it's so in your face it, it, you cannot watch a game now without odds appearing on the screen without um the advertising literally being in your face throughout the yeah, entire on, on jerseys. yeah it, well, it's on jerseys it's on uh, half time next scorer this odds everything sponsored by the gaming companies and they're really starting to try and crack down here because it's now so accessible to bet in the fact that now you, you could bet through apps and can you could bet at any time on demand with just two clicks you don't even need to think about betting you can just go straight on and you can just bet and i've actually deleted my gambling apps because it just got to the point where it, i couldn't watch a game without putting money on it because it was so easy to do um and then when you step back and think about it you think wow it's just mad like i wasn't losing money i was making money but it, it just got to the point where i stopped almost enjoying the game because i cared more about the end result than i did actually what i was watching and then it's like why are you doing it in the first place so i think that's right. a, a yeah. challenge with gambling that the US will, will need to watch because if it scales up organically, it'd be fine, but it's, it's, you've got to cap it. But you know, you can bet on markets here, like uh, who gets the first corner where, what time is the first throw in, you, you know, it is a, they're such silly markets, really. They don't really impact or influence the game, you know, betting on the results, betting on shots, betting on, you know, things that are impact the game. I understand, but uh, you know, first yellow card, all those sorts of things. It's just a bit, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the, the whole, the whole, it feels like the whole exercise is just to, to fun, funnel bets. I, I get that. Yeah. And I think that's where uh, if gambling, especially when it comes to the NFL as well, it is, as long as it stays to a certain level, we limit the markets. I think it would be good for the game. It would be good for the players. It'd be good for everyone involved. And I think, well, I like the NFL are doing, they're going to use it to expand the salary cap and put money back into the game a little bit, which uh, isn't done here. You know, the players don't, don't benefit. Yeah, they don't see any gambling. of it. No, they don't see anything unless they're getting personal sponsors. Although there was a, one of my favorite stories is from an, uh, an Arsenal striker called Nicholas Bentner, who at the world cup 
I think it was 2014, but it might even be 2010. He was sponsored by Paddy Power, who's an Irish bookmaker here. He was paid £50,000 to wear underwear with their name on it. And then for him to take his shorts off and brand, basically show his brand for his boxer shorts. And, you know, he was fined the 50 grand. I've got no doubt that he ended up pocketing some money on the side because they obviously knew he was going to get fined and, and lose that income. But it's probably the only time you'll ever really see a player benefit from it. It doesn't happen too often because the sanctions now, in fact, players aren't even allowed to bet anymore. They, they've made yeah. it so they can't because not even just um, you get bans now just for betting on any result, even if it's not in your league or your division. Yeah. Because it just I mean, which I guess message. makes sense. You, yeah, you just, you just don't. I mean, that just wouldn't be a scenario you'd want players to get involved in. Yeah, absolutely. It it just makes it a bit a bit awkward, I think. But what what's the the market over there for for betting on on soccer? Then I'm I'm quite curious. You know, it's so pretty much all of the betting, and we're just now getting into betting legalization in the United States. The most of the markets are for the NFL. Like I would say, I would say the the highest liquidity market in the United States right now in the places where sports betting is legal is, I bet it's something like 75% of the liquidity is probably in NFL bets. And then everything else tails after that, you know, basketball, baseball, tennis, like all that stuff. And then even for the offshore books that cater to American customers, I still think that soccer is a, like a very low liquidity market. I think there's a lot of money to be made in, if you follow teams and get advice, I think analytics in soccer has gone so far in the, in the last five six years or so that actually you yeah. can spot trends that there is low hanging fruit in bets. If you just know where to find them, there is definitely money to be made in, in, in soccer betting. Um, and if they open up to the U S then there's definitely money to be made with investment of time and, and energy into powering the stats through and, and monitoring trends. But yeah, def- I, I know that, I know that there are sharp betters in who live in the United States who do take advantage of, uh, not not the Champions League's market so much because those are generally uh, those odds are are going to be pretty sharp. But yeah. uh, you know the, the EPL markets and some of the other uh, markets that just don't generate generate as much attention here in the U.S. Like I know that there are sharp betters that do specifically do that. So the the MLS actually, I know that you know a lot of the books that offer action here, they're 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 offering you know just just not particularly sharp odds for the MLS basically because it is so low liquid like there's just no one's wagering on it no it's also you know you've got three or four from what i i see the mls you've got sort of three or four outstanding teams and then a, a bunch of sort of mediocre teams that are, are trying to build up so it's it's a bit easier to predict outcomes of results when you've got power teams and not power teams with us in, in a 20 team league you know there's there's always going to be a shock or two just shoot through the the sheer statistical numbers of it. You don't have a team that's going to lose 30 times a season because, you know, the probability of that when you factor in the human condition and fatigue, it just doesn't really happen. Yeah, it's just so low. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Um, no, it's interesting. I'm glad to get some insight on that. Um, but going back into your own sort of the personal projects, I, I guess for me, what I'd, I'd like to know is what, what's been your highlight of, of working in the industry to, to date? You know, uh, uh, some of these interviews that I've been able to do over the uh, the last you know month or so have really been a, a, you know about as good as it gets. I had uh, Matthew Barry on my podcast, and I've I, you know I've always wanted to do 
a show with him and, uh, you know, Michael Cox, I've read, you know, all of his books. I thought he was fantastic. And, uh, having a, a writer for the Simpsons on the show, which is actually the, uh, the most recent episode of the show mm. is probably, you know, I, I mean, maybe if, if, you know, if we got Matt Groening on or something like that, that would be, you know, just, just incredible. But having someone on who, uh, you know, writes for my favorite show ever, like that, that was a very cool moment. Yeah, no, I, I love that interview because I haven't actually really watched much of the Simpsons in the last six, seven years, but then it made me go back and, and want to, to watch it. And it's, it's funny that I heard your podcast, then the next day I listened to uh, Ask Blog Askcast, and then they had a guy who created a account, Arsenal Simpsons, which is creating basically memes through Simpsons episodes uh, based on the current situation of what's going on at Arsenal Football Club. And it's very funny. But that was literally on the day after I'd heard your podcast. It's like all signs telling me to get reinvested in The Simpsons. So I put some episodes on my phone and, and started watching on the on the commute. And it's it's like a, a long-lost cousin you've not seen for, for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, when you... When you- when you go back to the old episodes um, after you, you know, you haven't watched them in a long time, it's like, you're like, Oh wow. Like all these things that I think are funny, like all these jokes I make or whatever, they're all from old Simpsons episodes. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And they they just always have the sentiment of pop culture spot on. Um, Yeah. Oh, always. Which is just incredible skill. Even 600 odd episodes in that they're still able to do that so it's incredible testament to the the team there and i really enjoy getting the insights from that i guess one of my favorite episodes you've done recently uh it's quite timely given you know what we might talk about in the next 15 minutes or so is uh the episode you did with with brian hill because you got into a little bit of a a spat with him didn't you on twitter and then he comes on the the podcast and now he's going to be probably starting on sunday for the Atlanta falcons yeah, probably, probably the next couple Sundays. Uh, we, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> he was he was definitely right to be mad at me because I said that he sucks. And uh, but you know, if you can if you can get a good podcast episode out of something, you can't be mad about it. No, absolutely. Well, what we could do now is ever since then his career's like trended upwards. So you know, we need to make sure that when the biography's done on the Brian Hill career, there's like a footnote at the beginning saying you know his career started by being on your podcast. Because yeah, they oh they they gotta credit me for sure. Yeah, no long. doubt. Yeah, because, you know, he comes on your podcast, he plays the next week, he's starting the following week. Forget the circumstances, you know, you put him on the map. Yeah, I, I would, there's a, definitely a 100% correlation between him being on my podcast and him succeeding. I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, we'll, we'll get as many people on that as possible, make sure you get full credit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I deserve it. I do. I think so. I completely agree. So let's get let's get into fantasy football then. How's your 2019 season uh, going? And then also, what are some trends you're finding so so far this season from the teams that you have that might be going, you know, doing well, and and teams that perhaps are not. So my season is going pretty well. Uh, I, I I would be disappointed to end the year with uh with you know only one league championship. I think I have three teams that could probably win the championship of the league that they're in. And I, I play in about, I play in about 15 leagues where, you know, like it, weekly management leagues, you know, not, not including best ball or anything. Mm. So, you know, winning, winning more than one would be beating like the, the expectation of what an average owner would get. I do have one very bad high stakes team in the, uh, the, um, and at the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, uh, one of our teams just, I mean, we drafted everyone who sucks and got hurt. It, it just, it, we really were not competitive at all. 
So that, that was disappointing, you know, to have a team just uh, dead in that format is not very fun, but also have another team in that format that is very good. And I think could theoretically, you know, be, uh, be live to win half a million dollars, which, you know, would also, would also not suck. Uh, one of the biggest trends this year though, there's been no good waiver wire pickups. There has not really been one guy. I mean, maybe DJ shark, if you, if you count him after week one, but I think he is really the only guy who's like changed people's fortunes off of the waiver wire. Yeah. I, I, the only other one I've got is, is Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller. Yeah. Yeah. He would be a good one. I think, but that is, yeah, that that's probably it. We, you know, I have Pat Fitzmaurice on um, last week. Yes, it was last week. Sometimes the week's rolling. And uh, yeah, we were talking about this and it's just like, there isn't that many great star pickups. And you think last year you had Lindsay, you had Kittle, um, you had so many players who were, who were going off early. And, and this year, everyone's hopes have been hanging on Wayne Gorman and Ty Johnson. And- yeah, I mean, it just what's happened is every time someone has had a role, they have either gotten injured themselves or the player who got injured that they were filling in for returned from injury way faster than anyone expected. It's been one of those two things every time. Yeah, it, it's been very bizarre because it, it therefore has meant if you didn't draft well or even if you had an quote-unquote average draft, you're struggling really hard. So if you missed in, in round one, I feel like the penalty for missing in round one this year has probably been the highest penalty as far as I can remember playing fantasy football. I've been playing about 19 years. Well, especially because those round one picks have this – is, this is where round one picks that suck really get you – is when they don't get injured, so you replace their production. It's when they don't get injured, and you have to start them every week, and they still are, are not being good. Like, that's when a first-round pick really gets you. Because, like, so, for example, uh, David Johnson, if he would have just not played in any of these last four games where he wasn't healthy, you would have been fine. But the last two times you started David Johnson, you've gotten less than one fantasy point for him combined in those games. So you started him with a zero, basically. Yeah, it's just got to the point now where he is. I, I was having a conversation with someone today, and I think it's he's at the point now he's droppable for the rest of the season. And you're not going to do it because of the investment capital you've put in. But is he really worth more to you than picking up, say, an Alexander Matteson off the waiver wire, thinking if Dalvin Cook follows his injury trend of the last couple of years, uh, where Matteson's potentially could be a league winner for you? If things fall right, would you rather not gamble the upside? No, I, I agree. I mean, I could never bring myself to drop David Johnston, but what you're saying is completely accurate in the sense that he really is nothing more than like a high upside handcuff if something changes in Arizona right now. Because the way he's getting used right now, he's basically useless for fantasy. Yeah, and but it's not even that. So I, I'm a big Buccaneers fan, and I watched that game like a fine tooth comb on, on Sunday. And he's not healthy. You know, they need to if they have any desire or any ideas of bringing him back. And it kind of makes me think that they're not thinking of him as a as a long term placement in terms of for next year because they're running him out there, and he is he's almost like running like. Quasimodo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. He's, he's, his back isn't, you know, he, he's just sort of hunched over. He's not got the, the technique you expect from a running back. And he's trying to, he's always like running through quicksand. Like he's just not getting any traction. He's, he's moving, but he's, he's not moving it 
half the speed he used to run at. And he, he just doesn't look right from a health perspective. And it, it's starting to really come through in his performances. And now he's fumbling the football. It's just mad. Yeah, everything going on with him is not good. Uh, like, he, you know, when they traded for Kenyon Drake, they, uh, you know, Chase Edmonds has looked fantastic when he's got had the ball and he probably is going to be back and active this week. And he himself looks bad. So it's just, there. there's just very little going on that's good with him right now. Yeah, I, I agree more. In terms of then the teams that you have that are doing well, what's the common threat between them? What are the similarities in those teams from a roster construction perspective? Well, if I want to, if I want to make myself sound smart, you know, I could say a lot about, you know, I, I avoided running backs that don't catch passes. And, you know, I nailed a lot of good mid round wide receivers, but you know what? The answer is just that all my teams that are doing really well, they all have Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, I, I mean, I have good players. Like I, you know, I drafted Mike, I'm a drafted Mike Evans a lot. Um, you know, I, I like Evan Ingram. I got him on a couple of these teams uh, you know, and I have been pretty good on the waiver wire. I was really high on DJ Shark, so I have him on some of these competitive teams. But but the, the answer is is my best teams, they really do. They they just have Christian McCaffrey and he's been the best player in fantasy football by a country mile. Yeah. I mean there's there's absolutely no doubt he is gonna be the, the lock, barring an injury to him that is significant where he will miss time at the start of next season. He's the locked-in 101 next year. I don't think this would be the, the biggest consensus 101 pick we've had since, ironically, David Johnson. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what's, you know what's funny, though, is that that was not the consensus. This, he wasn't even the consensus second this year. No. In um, one of my FFPC main events, uh, the team that I have that's doing very well, we got him at the fourth overall slot. And um, in another league that I'm in where I have him, I drafted him first overall. And that was, you know, kind of the, the direction that I took in best ball drafts this summer as well, taking him over uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that's paid off really well. I I kept taking him at the – if I was in the 102 spot, I took him. Uh, in the Scott Fishbowl, we took him at the 104. We couldn't believe our, our luck. I was like – I'm not like you obviously have to take Kamara if he falls but when someone took Kamara at the 103 I think I literally jumped out of my seat it was like this is exactly what we wanted to do and uh yeah it worked out really well for us in in that instance so uh yeah I think he's definitely gonna be the facto um 101 and I think if anybody did draft him I think you're almost a lock to make the playoffs unless you literally bombed the rest of your draft I mean your team would your team would have to be so bad to miss the playoffs with Christian McCaffrey you would have just had to draft every other player that got hurt or Antonio Brown <laughs> yeah Antonio Brown that was the, that was another thing yeah I, I didn't draft Antonio Brown at all and the one league where I did he, he fell I think to the last pick of the third round I traded him when he signed with New England for DJ Moore. Oh, that's smart. That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I uh, I only took him in one league, which was my home league, which I've always had that history of doing particularly badly in every year. Um, yeah, I, I, I exactly the same. I literally, I've, I've been in this league for over a decade. I've never won it. And this year, I'm finally going to win, I think. I, I'm 9-1, and one and I have the most points in the league. But in this league, I do not have Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. It could go a lot of different ways. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating playoffs. And, 
Yeah, at least he's got his fixtures with the Buccaneers out of the way early because uh, they've stopped him pretty well. So it looks like he's got a quite a favourable schedule going in. Not that that will stop Christian McCaffrey uh, at all. Um, in terms of those teams out there, uh, for all of our listeners that have a four and six, five and five, six and four record, what advice would you give them to get them into the playoffs here? So one thing is if you have Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings, or Cardinals players, and you think that you could get, you could trade one of those guys for, you know, a a real caliber guy, do it now because you're going to get there in week 12 and you're going to realize, oh crap, my team has, you know, three good players on by. Damian Williams is on by, Tyreek Hill is on by, Steph Diggs is on by, Keenan Allen's on by, Hunter Henry's on by. So if you're, if you're on the outside looking in and you need, you know, two wins to get in, two, three wins to get in, I would trade your week 12 buy players for players who have already had their buy that are similar in value. That's like the, the number one thing I would tell them. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's a, a great move. And I think now if, you know, we have one of these teams this week, Stocks and I, we co-own, I want to say it's close to 25 teams we co-own. Um, because we set up a lot of Lister Leagues for um, right. guys in the UK. Um, because, you know, the sport here is is going from, from strength to strength and it's it's really growing. But we do have communities of of people who know one or two friends that are in the NFL, that are into NFL and then the rest of their friendship group isn't. So yeah, they but end they up, yeah, but they don't have 10 friends to do it or whatever. Correct. And then they end up playing against randoms on NFL.com and then it dies off and they play in crap leagues. And, you know, Stocks and I were very conscious that we didn't want that. So we opened up a ton of leagues. So come join. We co-own a load of them. And we had a team this week that was six and three. And we were leading by, I think, two points, just under two points. And we... Um, they had Robbie Gould left in their kicker spot um, and we were finished. And so I had to drop Royce Freeman for Chase To go pick up Chase McLaughlin? Yeah. And then uh, lucky for us, uh, Jason Myers was on waivers and wouldn't clear till Tuesday. Wouldn't clear. Oh, yeah. So, wow, that's the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it bought a win. And obviously in the long run, you'd rather have Royce Freeman back because you never know. No, you'd rather, you'd rather have the win. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very on board with you there. You'd rather have the win. Yeah, exactly. You've got to do what it takes to win. And that's the difference. And fair play to the owner in that league. Uh, he, he turned around and actually, you'll like this, uh, Davis, especially, is he not only applauded the movie, he's like, I'm not even angry. I'm just impressed. Yeah. <laughs> He's done that, but he then followed up with a Simpsons meme. Yeah, no, I mean that's what you uh, that's what you got to do though. You, it's all about uh, it's all about those W's. I, I admire the hustle. Yeah, it's it's got to be done. So um, let's talk about then getting uh, our listeners some some W's for for week eleven. Then so um, we talked about the waiver wire and it being thin, but in terms of some starts this week, who are some fantasy guys or, or fantasy players? Obviously, about the obvious, but some of the less obvious, more obscure starts, which you think uh, people need to be starting this week that they wouldn't necessarily reach for their lineups for. Well, there is there is actually uh, other. We already talked about Brian Hill, but there's there's another guy who I think you could get on waivers this week, and maybe won't even be that expensive. And that is uh, JD McKissick of mm. the Detroit Lions. So Ty Johnson uh, got a concussion in the first quarter last week and left. And, uh, you know, I, we, haven't, we don't have an update because we're recording this on Tuesday. But, you know, just generally with concussions, I assume that the guy is going to miss the next game, especially um, if they are a running back, just because that position's at a little bit higher risk of a re-injury. 
So McKissick played 70% of the snaps, and he'll probably lose some snaps this week, um, you know, even if Johnson was out. But he plays all the passing downs for Detroit, and you'd rather have the passing downs anyway because uh, the, the Lions throw the ball way more than they run the ball. So I, I think that uh, – I think J.D. McKissick is a pretty interesting ad this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked him last week as well just for that third down work. And then obviously you, you had uh, Matt Stafford go down and, and not play. But he still had a – you know, from a PPR perspective, even though he only got – under 50 yards he still got six receptions all right for 19 yards but in PPR formats it all counts and uh you know he had not a terrible week and he'll have definitely a better week this week without the competition uh considering he really only played half a game so I like both of those especially is there what about from wide receivers because I, I found with waivers this week that it's very thin it's really thin but is there anyone that people might have on their rosters uh, they should think about playing who they might not have played over the last couple of weeks. Well, one guy is Randall Cobb. So just as the just because the the Cowboys are throwing a little bit more and you know bashing Zeke in the line of scrimmage a little bit less, and as they as they keep doing that, um, you know Randall Cobb's role is just going to be more valuable, especially because I think as the season goes on, Jason Witten has just been targeted a little bit less. You know he's just been used. A little bit less, and, and Dak Prescott has been so good, and Cobb is is finally healthy, which is not something that was true earlier in the year. He got banged up earlier in the year, and it also was not true um, when he played in Green Bay for the last two seasons. He was basically injured every year, so I think that uh, Randall Cobb is probably a little bit undervalued by uh, the fantasy community right now. Yeah, I, I I agree. He's people just see him as someone who just runs great diversion routes and. It's not quite the case. He does have some some standalone value. And I think what people are starting to realize with, especially on prime time, you double cover um, Amari Cooper and then you basically try and let Dak try and win the game with his other receivers. And I think that being on prime time, people will just wise up, will put two on Cooper. And it's just going to open up Cobb a lot more. And I think he's going to get more work underneath and he's going to definitely make some plays. Yeah, I mean, he's been really good. Gallup's been really good. Really, the whole offense has been really good. And you you just, like, it's the same as it's always been with these these high-flying offenses, you know. You'd like to own the Chiefs' third wide receiver. You'd like to own the Cowboys' third wide receiver, especially because they're they're not throwing to Zeke at all. That's a huge change from their offense last year to this year is they, they're really eliminating, you know, those three checkdowns to Zeke again. Like, he just is not getting those anymore. No. No, I, I completely agree. I like that. That's a good sneaky, uh, sneaky play for this week. Um, on the other side of that, then, what about some sits? Who are some players that perhaps are players that people would lean towards starting that perhaps they shouldn't this week? So I think some people are going to see this Joe Mixon matchup. They're going to say, oh, you know, he plays Oakland. Oakland sucks. He got 30 carries last week. Well, the only reason that he got 30 carries last week was because they just, the Bengals, they, they just gave up. They just were like stone cold. We uh we don't care about this game. We're we're getting you know completely wrecked. This was probably a mistake for us to play Ryan Finley. So we might as well uh, just just call it here. And you know if like for example, JD, I I will probably have JD McKissick ranked over Joe Mixon this week and would and would play them that way. I'm with you a hundred percent. I I completely agree. I I said a couple of weeks ago that Mixon is not only matchup dependent, but I think he's almost 
non-starting unless you, you're literally, he's a bi-week cover now because he just isn't going to give you, he's not being used in the passing game. He's the most underused back in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they just, uh, you know, they, they suck and they, they just, they, they pass instead of giving him the ball, basically. Yeah, and they don't even pass it to him, which he's a very capable receiving back. So Yeah, I think he only has 29 targets on the year. Which is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're trying, unless they're the ones that have been doing the tank all along and nobody has, you know, really seen through it until just now, then in which case it was probably a smart move. <laughs> I think I think they they might be low key like I mean they're they're the favorites now to get uh, to get Tua, oh yeah, or or, or Herbert or whoever, uh, or Burrow. I think Burrow or Burrow, I, yeah, Burrow. He's the favorite now. I would think. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Herbert's going to go that high. I think he goes in the first round, but I think it's I think he's a mistake to take in the top five picks. Yeah, I mean, I I like guys like Tua the most, like guys mm. who guys who can hurt you on the move, and also. There's such a hidden element of left-handed quarterbacks being someone you you want because defenses like they're they're just defenders their whole life have been tackling, defending, intercepting right-handed quarterbacks. It's weird for them to play. I I that's like something I really believe is that left-handed quarterbacks are like a little bit of an edge and left-handed basketball players too. Like guys just forget or or don't know how to defend as well against left-handed players. I've never thought of that before. Yeah, it's it's and and there right now there are no left-handed starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Really, there's not one. Yeah, not one. Wow, that's a real statistical outlier there. That's yeah, man. That crazy? That is nuts. That's literally blown my. Like, I'm not normally speechless, but that has blown my mind. I'm sure there would have been someone out there. That's crazy. Yeah, in which case, definitely you got to get him just if nothing else to reset the balance to left-handed uh, sports yeah. athletes out there. <laughs> Someone's got to wait yeah. to flag for them and. Uh, you know, otherwise, Ned, Ned Francis, uh left, left forum is going to shut down. Yeah, is it? Yeah, well, the, so it's funny. The left orium now in the show is like a, it's like a, it's a mall kiosk. <laughs> it's downgraded from the shop. It's downgraded. Yeah, <laughs> that's who needs two to come back just to represent it and bring it back to life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other sits this week that uh, you think other than than Mixon? Uh, I mean, there are probably still people who are um, rostering like Jared Goff, and you, know, you can just be done with him. The 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 Rams are. Well, I mean, what what are you doing? What are you doing with Jared Goff? Like, what what is he ever going to do for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's it just the time of him being an elite fantasy quarterback is it's over. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, he, I, I was looking at his last 17 starts. And he has 18 touchdowns and he has 17 interceptions and 17 fumbles in that time. Yeah, he, he's, been, he's been Mitch Trubisky, basically. Well, Mitch Trubisky has done better than, than him. I think uh, he's got him by one touchdown and a lot less fumbles and interceptions. And then ironically, Andy Dalton, who got benched, has 25 touchdowns and less interceptions and less fumbles than Jared Goff. So one guy throws you know, is a better passer rating over 17 games, has more touchdowns, has less interceptions and less turnovers um, than the other. One gets benched for an 0-9 you know, team and the other one gets paid $160 million. <laughs> the, that's the, that's, those are the breaks. Yeah, exactly. What a nice life. <laughs> Amazing. Well, how about then what I'm fascinated with, we're getting to the, the, the business end of the season now. Who who do you think? I mean, the running back one will be pretty easy, I think. But in terms of who do you think will be the overall 
quarterback one, running back one, wide receiver one, and tight end one for the for the remainder of the season and, and why? It's going to be Lamar because Lamar is the best. He just he just gets thirty fantasy points every week. Uh, no one like he right now he is on pace to break Patrick Mahomes' fantasy point record from last year, and I think that he'll probably get there. Christian McCaffrey obviously is the the top running back. He's averaging you know six more fantasy points per game than everyone else. Um, Mike Evans is going to be the number one wide receiver. He just he leads the NFL in air yards. He's been phenomenal. You know, just is is getting targeted at uh, uh, an insane clip. He's getting targeted very far down the field. So I think that he is a a pretty easy bet to finish the uh, as the number all the overall wide receiver one, especially because he has such a lead on everyone else right now, and there's no one else having you know a, a dominant season. And then uh, the tight end one. You know, it's very weird because it's not even like he's having a good season, but it's probably just going to be Kelsey because Kelsey is getting – he's getting Mahomes back and, and no one else has really tried to challenge him for the title, right? Like it's, no one else has really even come close to being good enough to, to, to get there. So it, it should, just be, should just be Kelsey. I – yeah, I mean, Kelsey is second, but Hooper's going to miss some time. So he'll get that lead back. My only – the only person I think who can catch him is Mark Andrews. Yeah, yeah, Andrews Andrews could catch him for sure. Yeah, but, he could. But that's the only – because Kelsey's still got his bye. So it, it's I reckon it'll be pretty close, but I think you're right. I think Kelsey gets there, but he certainly isn't going to return the, the draft capital that people spent on him. Uh, that's for sure. I agree with quarterback, agree with running back. I disagree on wide receiver as much as I would love it to be Mike Evans. I still think Michael Thomas is going to get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's definitely one of the two, right? And yeah. and the thing that could hurt the uh, the thing that could hurt uh, Mike Evans is that the Buccaneers they, they might just be out of playoff contention. He might not play as much or at all in the last couple games of the season. Whereas the uh, the Saints will be playing for playoff seating in those last couple games. See, I I have the reverse logic to that. I think that. It could be that Michael Thomas sits uh, towards the stretch because they could lock up the South pretty early, and I think they're going to fall too far behind to catch the the one and two seeds. So I could see right. Thomas taking a seat. Whereas in Tampa, the situation is so bad right now in terms of fans uh, and in terms of putting bums on seats, and you know they they've still got. F- five home games I think still to play so five of everybody that's right they had that horrible schedule where they like they only played two home games the first like eight weeks of the year right yeah exactly so they were away for 49 days and so I think they're going to need to troll everybody out there regardless of the record just to get bums on seats because the on on Sunday the attendance was around 48,000 which was the lowest it's been for a, a, a number of years but that's the sort of ticket sold. That's not even the actual bums on seats. That's not even the people there, yeah. Yeah, so you, you um, statistically speaking, I was speaking to Rick Stroud, who's a Bucks beat writer reporter on this, and he was telling me that those uh, attendance numbers tend to drop between eight and 10,000. Yeah, I buy it. So, um, and I mean, part of the factor of that is Arizona don't travel well. They've got a pretty poor football team. Um, New Orleans will fill that stadium on on Sunday and it will be a 50-50 home away culture but the Buccaneers need to roll all their stars and Arians will be told to roll everybody out till week 17 because they're going to lose money (laughs) it's that simple well 
that makes me like Mike Evans a little bit more even. Yeah, I think, yeah. And I think that, that would be what sways it is, is if Thomas does take a seat just because, again, I can't see them getting anything above the three seed. So they could sit him down quite easily and Evans will, will play out. And it, I think Evans' only challenge to him not being the one other than Thomas is Godwin himself gobbling enough production away from that or if they start realizing they need to throw the ball to OJ Howard more and it takes away some of that share but I think you're right with air yards and targets I can't see that being too much of an issue yeah you talked about JD McKissick would you say that he is your number one handcuff that you've got to own for the uh for the short term and then if if so um great and if not who would be sort of the primary handcuff that you need to own for the rest of the season and, and why I mean, the handcuff I want to own the most is Tony Pollard or Alexander Madison, one of those two guys, because if uh, Ezekiel Elliott gets injured, Pollard is going to be, you know, instantly, you know, one of the three or four best running backs in fantasy. And if Dalvin Cook gets injured, Alexander Madison will, you know, same thing, will just immediately slot into 18 carries and five targets a game and will probably uh, be a a huge uh, championship winner. Yeah, I I think that it's a safe with one of those two although I I'm a real pessimist and I did this last year with quite a few players um the one I'm really desperate to own is Reggie Bonifon so I've started stashing him everywhere now just case of what happens if Christian McCaffrey goes down funny or gets injured because I think Bonifon will pick up the almost the entire volume of uh well and Last year, they started limiting Christian McCaffrey's snaps when they when they uh, fell out of contention. They yeah. they started they started playing him only fifty percent of the snaps. So if if that happens, um, Christian McCaffrey owners are of course you know they're they're not going to be very pleased. No, I, and I think if you're a McCaffrey owner, I think you should think if you've got a spare roster spot, Reggie Bonifon is the guy you've you've got to you've got to have space for because that that handcuff is worth its weight in gold right now I think in case anything does happen yeah yeah I totally agree he would be he would sub in you know just right away yeah and and they don't have a bad uh playoff schedule you know they play the Falcons who can't stop the run the Seahawks who aren't brilliant against the run and the Colts who are meh they're not they're not a powerhouse I think you know, their schedule, the Panthers going in doesn't look too bad. And then again, if, if it goes on before that, week 13 is the Redskins. So if if something does happen to uh, McCaffrey, then Bonifon's going to definitely uh, exploit those situations in that schedule. Definitely, yeah. All right, well, look, this has been a, a, a lot of fun, Davis. One final question for me is, uh, can you give us a spicy hot take for fantasy between now and the end of the season? Spicy hot take between the end of the season and now. Yeah, um, I think that James Conner and Nick Chubb, who've kind of been disappointments in terms of like touchdown output and, and really, you know, helping their fantasy owners because the schedule opens up so much for them. You're, you're, you are going to be very glad to own those two over the rest of the season. I like that. That's a good. That's a good one. I definitely think Conner is 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 on the, the trend up and. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's uh, that's definitely hot enough for me. I appreciate that. Uh, this will be a lot of fun, Davis. Please tell everyone where they can interact and, and find you and find your, your podcast, your articles, your work, etc. Yeah, they can just find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. Uh, they can find all of my fantasy football content on rotoexperts.com. They can listen to my fantasy football podcast, 
the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast, and then they can listen to uh, my independent lifestyle culture podcast, The Take Cast, anywhere that podcasts are found. Appreciate that. Definitely do check out the Take Cast. It's one of my favorite must listen podcasts every week. Uh, so definitely download and subscribe that. You won't regret it. If you have just a general love of sports and TV and culture, then it's definitely the 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 one for you. Um, but Davis, this has been this has been brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Hope to have you back on maybe in the off season when things have calmed down and we're not in the the furrows of uh, trying to get our teams into the playoffs. Hey man, anytime. This was uh, this was really fun. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate right. it. Well, thanks very much for coming on. It's a, a real honor for me. I've listened to you for, for quite a while, so it's nice to to chew the fat with you and uh, and get some advice off you. So uh, love that, and I think the listeners will will do really well off of it. But until next week, Rush Nation. Good luck with Week Eleven. Hope you take this advice and and everything we put forward with you this week to secure some W's. But until next Monday, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.